Well, the world is in lockdown, with many events cancelled and shows delayed. But it's not all doom and gloom, if you're an anime fan. Absolutely. If you've decided to do some social distancing of yourself and are spending more time at home, this is a great chance to catch up on shows you might have missed in the past. We've got a whole episode on what you can do in isolation coming at you right now. It's over 9,000! Kawaii-fi. Kawaii-fi. and welcome to another episode of Kawaii-fi Radio, the podcast we look into the world of anime and manga. I'm Kyle, and joining me is my co-host, Kenny. How you doing, buddy? Oh, yes. Thank you for once again joining us from wherever you are around the world. And we need to let you, our lovely listeners, know this is a bit of a special episode. It really is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. With everything that's been going on around the world at the moment, with the coronavirus in particular, COVID-19, we decided this was the perfect time for us to do what we're calling our isolation anime playlist. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you might be with us in Australia, where things are taking off a bit mm. later than the rest of the world. Or you're in parts of Asia where things are looking a bit more positive right now. They, they certainly are. But you could also be one of those people who is down in a lockdown state in areas like France, Italy or Spain. No matter what, where you might be, many of us may be struggling with the isolation and in need of a bit of a pick-me-up. <laughs> and, you know, we've got a list of fun, uplifting and positive anime that you can watch from the safety of your own home to help you through this difficult time. And if you are wondering where the third part of our trio is, don't worry. Coco has had to head interstate for work and she couldn't join us to record this week. She's fine. She's going to be in isolation, isn't she, when uh, she gets back? Probably, yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. But first, we need to talk about a couple of interesting little things we've found over the past few weeks that you can find on our Facebook and Instagram pages. And I want to start talking about Pokemon Twilight oh, Wings. yes. This was this was something special. Yeah, now, if, if you're an avid Pokemon fan, you'll know of the new Pokemon game Sword and Shield. And they're based in an area called the Galar region. Which looks very much like British. Scotland, Wales. Upside down. If a bit more dramatic, yes. Yeah, I'm I'm expecting the expansions to actually be the equivalent of Ireland. Oh, that'd be actually kind of nice. Very pretty country. Mm -hmm. Um, Except that, you know, the UK doesn't have a desert. Well, maybe they just build a Costco over it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, no, Tesco's, is it? Tesco, Tesco's equivalent. Yes. But look, um, Pokemon Twilight Wings is a set of short four to five minute animations which are on the Pokemon YouTube channel. And each one is a standalone story, kind mm. of. Like, um, there might be a recurring character, like there's the uh, taxi service guy. Yeah. Who uh, rides in on like a, oh what is that yeah, the, Pokemon? The Corviknight. Yeah, That's the, the one. The yeah, big crow type Pokemon I'm, and Raven type. I'm not up to date on my Pokemon's. It's um, <laughs> well, there's almost a thousand now. So. Yeah, there is. It's really hard to keep up. I remember when the first gen came out. That's how old I am. Oh no! <laughs> Yikes! If you would like to calculate that, go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so look, um, this the animation for these shorts are fantastic, and there's only three out at the moment. They seem to be coming out about every four weeks, and oh, I yeah, think yeah. that is to almost extend the life of the product because they've got their... I mean, this is the first Pokemon game they ever have a DLC. So it's, you know, I think it's based on... It's going to be six or... Six or eight episodes. I can't remember which oh, one. But every four weeks. So that that's once a month. Do we know if this connects in any way to the uh, upcoming sort of Ash reboot series? Uh, not to my knowledge. Oh, um, okay. I, I do know that the new season is meant to be a lot more open with the locations and a bit more, you know, variable as to where they're starting and going and all that. But um, to my knowledge, this is meant to be like a standalone project to just share little stories from 
um, the series. So the first one is about a kid who's in the hospital. The second one is to do with um, uh, one of the gym leaders. Yeah, she goes training out in the wilderness and gets like mm. all beat up and weather beaten and stuff like that. It's great. It is. And the third one's about Hop, your main rival in the game. Um, so Just going back to that other one, the thing I love most about this is that she's a gym leader and she spars with her Machop, Machoke and Machamp. She, yeah. she fights her own Pokemon and gets Which into boxing. Which is so like, cool. She is totally hardcore. She, she really is. Um, but that actually, on the note of hardcore, that brings me on to Brand New Animal. Oh, yes? Which, um, Brand New Animal, if Good segue. Uh, you haven't <laughs> heard of it, um, is a upcoming series by Studio Trigger, completely original story. Um, and it looks like someone got Pokemon and decided to smash Promare right into it. Yes, it's... Um, it's it's a, another acid-drenching eye bleacher. Yeah, it's this is way. indicative of Studio Trigger's style. If you know Studio Trigger, then your retinas are probably about as scarred as mine for it, watching Promare. It's on the senses, Jesus, in a good way. It's, oh, it's <laughs> but Brand New Animal is their upcoming uh, original series, and we don't see many original series these days because obviously we see a lot more manga adaptations. Of course, yeah. Um, this is looking to be big. Um, this has got people who were involved in Gorilla Lagan. It's got people who are involved in Neon Genesis, Kill the Kill, and obviously everyone who's been involved with Studio Trigger since it started about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a story about a world where people, that there are anthropomorphic animal people. So people... Human-animal hybrids. Yeah, yeah, become a hybrid sort of animal. And the main character, she wakes up one morning and discovers she's become a girl mixed with a tanuki raccoon. Just sort of poof, like that. Yeah. And um, it, it's she then runs away from home because being this cross um, species is, uh, I'm guessing, looked down upon. They haven't really explained it in the um, the trailers and the promotional stuff we've seen so far. But yeah. she heads to a city where all of these people have gathered. Uh -huh. And it looks like it's just going to be absolutely berserk because it's almost the law of the jungle there. Just, you know, whoever is toughest is in charge. Um, Which is going to lead to all kind of crazy anime fights mm, and stuff like we, that. We, all the good stuff we love to see. We'll give you a lot more information on this in our next episode when we do do the season uh, preview. But that, this is definitely one of the ones that I think people might be talking about in the years to come. Mm -hmm. mm. Look, um, but we should get into the show. So as we mentioned earlier, this episode is all about giving you some fun and positive anime to watch during any isolation you might need to do. So whether that's, you know, you've come back off holiday and need to self-isolate or you've actually decided you're going to self-isolate just because you know you don't feel comfortable in the current area it's a safe option so we scoured our back catalogue to find a variety of entertaining and inspirational stories for you and they're so you might have already seen them, but this is so you can experience them in case you missed them or remind you that they're there. Not always easy to like scan the list for that kind of an anime. There are a lot that we could recommend, which are mm. great, but they have a lot of kind of darker themes and like yeah. more violence. And like, I love to recommend Neon Genesis to people. Right now is not the time to watch Neon Genesis oh, oh, alone. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> because it will, it will destroy your soul. Um, I, I get the distinct impression this has happened to you. No comment. Oh, no, okay. No yeah. Your science, your science <laughs> speaks volumes. <laughs> and uh, sure, look, you could sit down and try and catch up on Naruto or One Piece. And hey, if that is your style, please go right ahead. They're, oh, they're fantastic mad? stories. Yeah, it's a fantastic stories, like a thousand episodes long. Yeah, exactly. It's um, um it's One Piece is catching up to a thousand episodes soon, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's oh. it's it's still behind uh, Detective Conan, I believe. Which yes, has just hit a thousand. Oh. 
Cool. Um, you want to catch up on that? We could uh, we could put it on VLC, play at double speed. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have consumed five years of Detective Conan in five minutes. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> but look, the shows we've picked out, they all have the uncanny ability to make you feel warm and fuzzy in one way or another. And look, some of these mightn't be your cup of tea, and some of them might exactly be the slice of cake you're looking for. <laughs> and a bunch of these we have mentioned before for we good reasons. We certainly have. Look, if you're enjoying what you're hearing so far as well, please consider joining us each fortnight and hit that subscribe button. We'd love to have you on board. But look, Hit the bell icon too. Oh, that too, yeah. Um, but before we start naming names and making lists, it's time to see what's happening in the anime news. Making headlines. Really? Sort of. Anime news. Well, it's time to have a look at what's been going in the world of anime and manga the past fortnight. And this time, it's a special edition of the anime news. Mm, yes, we are dubbing this the good news edition, because it's about all the stuff we look forward to in the coming months, even if you have to stay home. Well, I mean, let's let's kick this off with something that most people do like to talk about, Konosuba. Yes. Well, Legend. everyone that's a fan of it likes to talk about it, because... They're a fan of it because it's great. It is. And we're, we uh, at Kawaii Fi, the, the whole team is a big fan of the Konosuba series. <laughs> Look, um, Konosuba Legend of Crimson Film, we did a, a Kawaii Fi Extra on this uh, a couple of months back when we went and saw it. And yeah, it was basically just an extended uh, mm, Konosuba episode. And it was fantastic. And I really enjoyed that film. But the good news is, is that it's heading to Crunchyroll Yay! in the coming month. Wow, so, that's yeah, so soon. Very soon. Uh, actually... This week, oh. you can start streaming it from March 25th on Crunchyroll with the subversion. The dubbed version lands in April. We haven't got an exact Ooh. release date yet because of what's going on, but it's going to stream in the US, Canada, Central and South America, the Middle East, South Africa, and North Africa. Unfortunately, at this stage, we don't have news on streaming agreements for Europe, Southeast Asia, or Australia yet. Uh. But this is to do with the people who, well, the companies who had the right to broadcast it in the cinemas there not being Crunchyroll. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, um, for instance, in Australia, Anime Lab was the one who organised the viewing. Anime Lab is owned by Funimation. Ah, I see. So we'll, we'll just Couldn't have they to just see so, what just sort of do a Marvel demilitarizes thing where they just sort of give the rights over for... It's, it's kind know. of funny because Konosuba seems to be one of those areas where everyone seems to have it. Pretty much, yeah. yes. But, um, look, there's, uh, as I said, no news on that streaming in Europe or Southeast Asia or Australia yet, but I'm mm. sure we'll hear something in the next month at the most. Hopefully. Um, the film did open in Japan August last year and earned five million US dollars in the Japanese cinemas and over one million US in the US in the three, I think it was like four showings it had. Four. Yeah. Like, and it may, and it scored a million. Well, sorry, f four days where it was shown at something like 50 or 60 theatres, but it's still, it's still a good pull. Those are good innings for yeah, just yeah. that small an area. Also... If you want to get hold of the season one Blu-ray with dub and sub on it, that's coming out May 25th too. So. And I absolutely do. Thank mm -hmm. you very much. But, Kenny, what is Combatants Will Be Dispatched? Uh, I believe that's from the same company. Well, it's the same creator, in mm -hmm. fact. Um, you might have heard of Akatsuki Natsumi because of Konosuba. Um, uh, oh, what's a Isekai Quartet as yes, well, actually. Course. I forgot to put that on the list. As well as last season's um, muscle-bound craziness. Oh, is um, how heavy are the dumbbells you lift? No, no, no. Um, the uh, the wrestler who gets isekai'd. Uh, Kimono Michi. Yes. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> now this muscle bound craziness. We yeah. had a bunch of those last we season. We did have a bunch of those. Um, <laughs> this light novel series, Combatants Will Be Dispatched, is getting an anime adaptation. Now, uh, what what is? <laughs> 
this is very much Akatsuki style. This is very much in line with exactly every other product he's made. Yes, I'm, it's um, tough being on the front lines for an evil organization, <laughs> and nobody knows this better than Number Six, a combatant for the Kisagari Secret Society. Dispatched to a distant alien world on a reconnaissance mission, he's got a new android partner. But how are you supposed to t- plan an interstellar invasion of a fantasy world? Okay, this sounds like a bunch of things mixed together. Yep. This sounds like a bit of Gate. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like a bit of Konosuba and... Um, Hang on a second. He's got a combat android. He's got a... Oh my god, he's got a useless goddess. He does have a useless goddess. It's the Combat android is useless goddess 2.0. 3.0? There was another there was another useless goddess. Who was it? Ah, never mind. There are many. There are many <laughs> useless goddesses, and he got it. Oh, this, well, look, is... Th- this is also interesting because it's a light novel series which hasn't had a manga adaptation. Oh. Um, so it's went straight from there, but that's what Konosuba did originally as well. Yeah, the that's manga true. actually is quite lagging behind the series itself. The animated series. So, yeah, go figure. Um, this started publishing in 2017. Its hmm. fifth volume was released in January. So that's a little over about, based on what we've seen before, about two and a half seasons worth. Dang, yeah, so that'll do it. So t- Typically uh, 10 episodes per two books. Plenty to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I mean, we won't be going to the cinemas anytime soon to watch Akira, but the 4K remaster of the Akira anime film is opening in 36 Japanese IMAX theatres on April the 3rd. The first time I actually saw Akira was on the big screen. Mm -hmm. To see it in 4K remastered. IMAX. I, I, I would definitely enjoy that. Uh, Shame all of our cinemas are closed. Yeah, can someone please cure COVID now? Yes. I, I, need, I need this. Well, there is a few jokes floating around. The fact that uh, in Canada they cancelled hockey and suddenly they had a bit of an idea on how to fix the virus. And <laughs> in Ireland, same sort of thing happened. They uh, said that all the pubs are closed and now suddenly they have a few ideas on how to create a serum for it. <laughs> um, we've just had the AFL get cancelled. I'm expecting a breakthrough next week from Brisbane. Oh, yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, the 4K is also getting released as a 4K you know, UHD Blu-ray as well. Mm. Um, that's getting a Japanese release on April 24th, so not too far after. This isn't a case of 6 to 12 months wait because it's an existing product. Um, we're also, we know there is a release in the US, and that will you know typically mean releases in other countries. Yes. But look, um, we should probably get into what other sort of headlines there have been this week. And once again, it's all good news. So uh, let's get stuck in. Well, Altered Carbon's anime spin-off has landed on Netflix this week, with the feature based on Netflix's live-action sci-fi series of the same name. Altered Carbon Resleeved will explore new elements of the story mythology and focus on a man protecting a tattooist while investigating the death of a Yakuza boss. Dragon hunting anime, Drifting Dragons, is also heading to Netflix International Catalogue on April 30th, but it seems it might not be a global release. The show only has information on the US release at this stage, though as Netflix produced anime, it will likely land in other countries at some stage soon. The new 3D CG Ghost in the Shell standalone Complex 2045 series has unveiled a set of stills showcasing the series' upcoming characters and what they're going to look like in the new CG format. The upcoming series is the first 3D entry of the respected franchise and will feature the worldwide release on Netflix this April. Season 3 of Golden Kamoi is on the way, with the historical adventure announcing it will premiere its next instalment in October this year. The series started airing back in 2018 and follows war veteran Saichi Immortal Sugimoto and an Ainu girl named Sipra. 
in Hokkaido as they both search for an ancient Ainu treasure. Part 2 of gun-headed anime No Guns Life has also been announced with a series' second 12-episode part heading to screens this April. Part 1 streamed on Funimation internationally in October last year and follows Juzu Inui, a man with no memory of his previous life or who replaced his head with a giant gun, and he is now scratching out a living as a resolver. And the upcoming second season of Human Body Anime, Cells at Work, is expected to preview in Japanese cinemas in September this year, the season airing properly in January 2021. The anime will feature a returning cast and follows several of the body cells as they go about their daily role and deal with invading viruses. Data Live is also getting a fourth season, with a spin-off series also in the works, and while neither project have a release date at this stage, the new season of the Dimension Crisis anime is expected to announce more details on both projects in the months ahead. And the final 12 episodes of Sword Art Online's Alicization arc will be heading to streaming services around the world from April 25th, tying up the end of the series' biggest storyline to date. The show's already seen three cores or quarters air, with the Alicization arc set to double the franchise's length by its end. Crunchyroll, High Dive, Funimation and Hulu all have the rights to stream the show in a huge number of markets, so if it's very unlikely, you'll have a lot of trouble finding it. Heading to the bookshelves, the Fruits Basket sequel manga, Fruits Basket Another, is receiving a new chapter this month, over a year after the manga series ended. The manga takes place after Toru has graduated high school and it features a girl named Sawa who has just entered high school. It also doesn't feature any of the core cast from the original series but does make reference to them. And the winner of the 13th Manga Taisho Award has been announced with Maguchi Yamaguchi Tsubas, the Blue Period manga, winning the prestigious award. The manga series focuses on a top-of-his-class high school student as he discovers his love for creating art and the manga was also nominated for the award last year. And that's your anime news for the week ending March 23rd, 2020. Kawaii Fire Radio. I think I watched that as a kid. Oh yeah, I remember that. Back catalog. Uh, well, let us get stuck into the isolation anime watch list. Start me with something heartwarming, please. We'll start with part one, classics. In fact, before we do get stuck in, I would like oh. to mention a very useful site I've found, which um, I can recommend to anyone who is in the UK, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, or the US. It is called because.moe, and that's the word because, B-E-C-A-U-S-E, mm-hmm. dot M-O-E. It lists the anime streaming services for the US, Canada, UK, and Australia. Oh. And all you have to do is type the name of the series you're looking for in the top, and it'll tell you where you can find the show. We used to just have to do hours of research. Yes, we did. Oh. And I've now, we, now we've got this, it's helped a great deal. And I verified the information is accurate, which thank, is always great. Thank you, Carl Senpai. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but um, something heartwarming. Well, let's get straight off the blocks. Ranma and a half. Really? You would call this one heartwarming? Yeah, it's hilarious. Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> as well because it, this is just slapstick goodness oh, of the highest order. It really is. Now, it's it, like, you know how they say, ah, oh, that's the oldest trick in the book. That's the oldest joke in the book. This is where the book came from. This is the book. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Ramar and Half started airing in 1989. <laughs> um, ran through to 1996. It's got 161 episodes. There are three films and 16 specials. Um, and what the most recent special was last year. 
<laughs> so there, there, there's always you know something new coming up for it. So this kind of looks. Would you say this would be as intimidating a kind of a scale to get into as say Naruto or something like that? No, because you can just jump into this at any point and have a laugh, uh, which is the best thing about it. Kind I feel. of. There's like some central plot arcs, but it is a pretty easy breezy kind of storyline, isn't mm. it? Very easy breezy. So look, um, if you haven't heard of Ranma in a half, uh, the story is Ranma Saotome is a martial artist at the Saotome Anything Goes School of Martial Arts. And while training in China, he and his father meet a terrible fate when they fall into a pair of cursed springs. Now Ranma is cursed to turn into a girl when splashed with cold water, and only hot water can turn him back into a boy. His father turns into a panda. <laughs> um you discover throughout the series, other people have also fallen into the springs. <laughs> Not those springs they fell into. Yet again, different springs. And that's the hilarious thing. is like all of these springs are all right beside each other in this sort of Chinese training ground where these yeah. people went to fight. And it's just like... And you wonder why they allow anyone in. It's just... Build a Costco's over the top of it. <laughs> <laughs> but look, things are complicated further when Ranma discovers his father actually arranged for him to marry one of Soantendo's three daughters, and this is to secure the future of their dojo. And despite Ranma's attitude and situation, Saon is determined to go ahead with the engagement and chooses his youngest daughter, Akane, a skilled martial artist herself and notorious for hating men. And the sisters, of course, make the joke, well, he's half-woman. Pretty, uh, would you say? Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. So the show follows the adventures of Ranma and Akane as they fight various opponents, meet new love interests, and find different ways to make each other angry, all while the engagement hangs over their head. Yes, and uh, it's we say that they fight uh, all these different opponents, and you have to take that in a kind of a very non-serious context. Yeah. The fights are real. The people they're fighting are anything but. Yeah, it's... um. There's something of, of note. The first season of Ranma... Ranma's got an interesting history where um, the first season got cancelled and then renewed immediately afterwards and rebooted. <laughs> and it wasn't so much a reboot, but the issue was the first season suffers from a bit of, well, you know, Monster of the Week syndrome, except that it was Random Martial Art Fight of the Week syndrome. Um, yes. Once you get past that, it's great. But mm. um, you can watch maybe like the first 10 episodes and jump to the end. I think that was pretty popular in a time though. Oh, Sailor, yeah, yeah. Sailor Moon was around that time as well. And that yeah. was just another Monster of the Week kind it of thing. It definitely was. But look, I mean, what's, what's to like about this? Fairly simple. Classic anime slapstick comedy by one of the greatest manga writers of the 80s and 90s, Takahashi Rumiko. And she uses a great use of the traditional Japanese comedy gags that we see. Mm. She's done a couple of other great things, uh, notably Inuyasha as well, which mm. I could also add to this uh, oh, yeah. isolation list. I've, I've joked about it in the past and uh, teased Coco about it by calling it Dragon Ball Z for women. Well, that's just, that's kind of what it essentially was meant to be. It came out around the same sort of time and she was aiming for the shoujo market. Yeah, yeah. So it, it works quite well. And it's an isekai as well, which is you yeah. know, still flavor of the month. Wow, from the 90s. Go figure. Yeah. Um, but Ranma, the name Ranma can actually mean chaotic or reckless horse. Yeah. Horse? Yep, don't know why. I'm um, guessing like bull in a china shop sort of analogies. I kind of um, get that, but more a, a horse in a uh, in a martial arts jo dojo. Sure, why not? Um, okay, yeah. This, this yeah. is a series with just so many comedy of errors. I mean, the first meeting between uh, Ranma and uh, Akome is um, mm. Ranma's a girl, and they are unaware of the curse, so they're just like, oh, look, a new friend. Yeah. And Here, go into the bathroom. Oh, my God, it's a man. <laughs> <laughs> and the reaction for uh, it is perfect. I'm not going to give it away, but yeah. it's just... Uh, on that note, we do have to mention this does require parental guidance. This does have some nudity and coarse language. Um, not 
to the extent of like being like R-rated. It's sort of PGM. It sits kind of in that sort of uh, 13 to 15 bracket. Pretty much. But um, it's, it's really good. Here's the thing, though. It's not really available on streaming platforms outside the US at the moment. So in the US, you can watch it on Hulu or Viz Media, mm-hmm. which um, Viz Media is the group that published the comics for it in um, the US, and they've got the sub and dub on their website, as oh, does Hulu. That's great. However, if you're in Australia, New Zealand, the UK, or France, go to YouTube. It's on there. What? Just all, just all, on YouTube. All of it? All of it. That's just... Is there just an entire channel which has... Yeah. And it hasn't been taken down? Nope. Not at this stage. I have so many questions. So do I, but it's there and it's 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 active, so go figure. Fantastic. Um, but look, something to keep in mind, this is a story which kind of plays with the idea of gender fluidity long before the idea kind of entered the mainstream thoughts. Uh, the main character learns some of the challenges of being a woman, but it's kind of albeit in a simplistic fashion, if you will. Yeah, it's um, this isn't something that's to be taken seriously. No. It flirts with the ideas, but it's mostly there just for the comedy elements. It, absolutely. But look, that takes us on to another series, which is probably one of our favourites and most revered. Lupin the Now, I'm sure most of our listeners, if you're a, a avid anime fan, would have at some point came across Lupin the Third. Heard of it in passing. Heard the name listed among some of the best ones. Um, let me give you the story. If not, mm-hmm. grandson of the famous French thief, Arsène Lupin. Lupin III is the world's most accomplished thief, travelling across the globe to steal the most exotic treasures. A master of the skies and of the intricate planning Ooh. of these things, he is assisted by surly gunman Jiggen, basically the fastest gun in the West type, mm. can shoot any gun, hit anything kind of guy. Uh a silent samurai goemon and this is the kind of guy who you know does all the slashes and then puts the sword away click their armor explodes yep. it's <laughs> it's amazing it's to watch. tropeful and cliched and stuff and uh he triumphs easily over his uh favorite enemy the interpol inspector zenigata and his attempts to trap him but he is also continually challenged by fujiko his beautiful and mysterious ally and rival very much the femme fatale mm-hmm. and um uh it's There was a constant sort of thing I loved about this show. He would uh, send his uh, nemesis in the police force a letter saying where he was going to be, Mm -hmm. what he was going to steal, and basically sort of like outlining to say, come and get me. It's so good. That's great. I love this show so much. Lupin's one of those amazing things. I mean, the the manga started in like the late 60s, 67 or 68, I believe, if memory serves me right. (laughs) Created by an intriguing man named Monkey Punch. Mm -hmm. Well, pen name Monkey Punch. Mm -hmm. Um, And the animes aired from 1971 to today. Mm -hmm. Um, There is 278 episodes. But the good thing, once again, about Lupin is you don't have to go back and watch everything. Season four and five, yes, mm. but everything before before that, you don't have to necessarily watch. I mean, I only came into Lupin uh, a couple of years ago with you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, um, uh, which one was that? Oh, the Italian Adventure? Yes. Yep, so it's, uh, part four. That was part four? Yeah. That was part four. Yeah. Part three is like, there's part one, it's like, oh, 20 episodes. Part two, uh, a couple of 20 episodes. Part three, 170-something episodes. Excuse me? <laughs> well, that's your marathon. <laughs> yep. 
So um, you, if you're looking at just the most recent seasons, you're looking at about 50 episodes, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's a that's a good binge there. And it's a gr- I actually think it is a great starting point. It really is. And there's also all of the different movies, and oh, um, yeah. Fujiko Mine has her own, like, side um, oh. series as well. And now, that, that one is definitely a bit more violent, but it's, it is so beautifully done. Yeah, it's crazy different. Uh, Lupin's thing has always been very, very comical and cartoonish. Um, mm. One of the movies was done by... Um, Sorry, Miyazaki. Yeah. But uh, Fujiko Mine's story is like, oh, it's this impressionist nightmare. It's, it's beautiful. Amazing. And the um there's been so the woman named Fujiko Mine, which mm-hmm. is the um side series two um Lupin, which is about Fujiko herself, is rated R. And yeah. that's the one which has had the three R rated films connected to it. Oh, sorry. It was uh, we're supposed to be family friendly, aren't we? We are family friendly. <laughs> but it's uh if you know if, if you are of appropriate age, you will get a kick out of that. One thing that I've always loved about Lupin, it's a really classic series which showcases that sometimes the anime can surpass the manga quite substantially. So, how do you mean by that? Like, the was manga, the manga still in production when... Um, no. No? The manga ran for about four years. Oh. And everything after has just been done by the production team of the anime. <laughs> oh, that's the great. The films, the season four and five, none of those were written by Monkey Punch. He was on as a consulting director and yeah, did yeah. provide guidance, but they weren't written in a manga format. But some of the some of the films have also been a bit crazy. The modern ones, sort of like oh. they're very focused on a singular character and their struggle against sort of like a singular nemesis. Mm. But there was one that was before earlier where they're being hunted by sort of like a genius mastermind. Oh, yeah. And they go to his sort of like secret lair, his secret very Dr. Evil island in the uh, exotic places. Every movie has something to offer, but it also has just a lot of weirdness to offer. So jump in on that and scratch your head like us. Yeah. Now, you can find this... um, Part one's a bit hard to track down, but parts four and five Mm -hmm. um, are available pretty widely. Hit those up, people. They are great. Um, if you're in Australia, New Zealand, part four and five can be caught on Anime Lab. If you're in the US, Funimation has got it there, along with Amazon having season one on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. or I think you can just buy it digitally as well. And then if you're in the UK and France, Crunchyroll is your friend. Crunchyroll is everyone's it friend. Is it is the most thing. delicious of streaming services. Next up. Cowboy Bebop. And how can you not talk about Cowboy Bebop? Mm. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, this one, um, it's got some darker tones to it, and Mm. we wanted this one to be uplifting, but Cowboy Bebop's whole mood is just... Oh, it's It's soulful. It's fun. It's fun, but it's also very soulful. The soundtrack is legendary. Yoko Kano can do no wrong. She she really can't. And this is, I mean, there's only about maybe five episodes of the 26 episodes of this series that are sort of a bit down, and that's towards the tail end of it. Mm -hmm. But once you get to the end of it, then you go back and watch the film, which is set during the middle of the story, and that just brings you right back up. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I saw that film ages ago on SBS. So good. (laughs) Uh, So, the story. Humanity has colonized several of the planets and moons in the solar system. So we're talking pretty distant future. Mm -hmm. It's like people can go out and buy their own spaceship. They're leaving the uninhabitable Earth. Uh, It's like being like showered by constant storms of meteorites. Something terrible happened to the ecosystem and Mm. indeed sort of like the exo ecosystem. So nobody lives on Earth anymore. Everyone's sort of moved to Jupiter, Mars, Venus, Saturn and just... Out. And because of that, the Intersolar System Police, they attempt to keep the peace in the galaxy. 
And to do that, they actually have to reinstate the bounty scheme of the Wild West. Yes, it's like uh, if you want to go out and hunt a criminal, so you've got a gun and a ship, go nuts. <laughs> Cowboy Bebop is the story of the inhabitants of the spaceship Bebop. And the living they barely make as bounty hunters. And it truly is barely. It's, um, they have, like, by halfway through the season, they've got, they've assembled themselves quite a team of interesting kind of people. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, circumstances always plot against them. It's as if the universe doesn't want them to be successful. Mm -hmm. I just love the first episode where it's, you know, Jet's cooking in the kitchen. He's like, oh, what what are we having? Bell peppers and beef. (laughs) And it's just like, oh, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Puts it down in front of him. Jet, this isn't bell peppers and beef. What, what, what do you mean? There's just bell peppers. <laughs> and it's like, yes, because, you know, the damage you did destroyed all the cash. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, they're constantly just having a, just a long string of bad luck, but just they're always surviving through it and always kind of keeping a positive-ish Absolutely. attitude. Now, if you're even passively into anime, you would have heard about Cowboy Bebop at some point or another. Mm. And it's one of those great animes created during Sunrise Studios' golden era. It's a sci-fi series grounded by the everyday challenges the cast face as they pursue their job. And it's got unique and interesting characters in every episode, Mm -hmm. which we don't see very often. It's, you know, that that whole cast of thousands idea. This was one of those films, like, way back in the early 2000s, which uh, everyone assumed was getting a live action. Yeah. I remember people talking about how Keanu Reeves was going to be cast as the main guy, Spike, and, oh, that would have been so perfect. It really would have. But we are now getting the live action on Netflix. Um, That's expected to land end of this year, I believe, at this stage. Mm. Yeah. And that's got uh, John Cho playing Spike, which looks amazing. John Cho. Yeah, yeah, I can see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, from Harold and Kumar yeah, and yeah. many other. And there's also the guy God, it would who be so played weird. Bushmaster in the second season of um, Luke Cage is playing Jet. Oh, no way. Yeah, so he, he, he looks really good for it. Who's pl- who's playing uh, Ayn, the dog? Oh, that would be Ayn 2.0. Yeah, wicked, yeah, wicked. Yeah. It's, a, it's a corgi. <laughs> it's Everyone a corgi. loves a corgi. There's great pictures of them on set patting it and all that. So very good. But um, look, th- this is a show that's won a lot of awards for its soundtrack and its storytelling back in the late 90s. And they're very deserved. And it's an all-time classic. If you like chases, choreographed fight scenes and big action moments while still having a compelling story that knows when to take a breath, you won't be disappointed. Mm. And, you know, parental guidance recommended, as most of the older ones I go. Yeah, but there's, uh, there's sexual references, adult themes, drug use. Mm, especially in that first episode. Uh, especially in um, one of the episodes where uh, they go on a bounty and they're out of food, but they manage to get in a shipment of uh, mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's um, yeah. Chicken bone, yo. Con- connect those dots. <laughs> yeah, um, but look, th- this is available fortunately everywhere mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, if you're in Australia, New Zealand, Anime Lab's got your back. US, you've got Funimation. France has Wackenim, which is Funimation's <laughs> European arm. And if you're in the UK, it's on Crunchyroll and All Four. Now, if you haven't heard of All Four, you're probably not from the UK, but it is Channel Four's digital platform. Wicked. So. That's and it's uh, also on DVD and Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I believe you picked up the Blu-ray not long ago. Yes, I did. Mm. It's beautiful. So beautiful. Now, uh, on to one that I know you like, Kenny, because you told me about Samurai Champloon. This was one which I saw ages ago on SBS. Okay, so, during the Japanese Edo era, two samurai warriors, known as Mugen and Jin, have a chance meeting with a 15-year-old girl named Fu. Through a series of... Ev- events. Fu leads the warriors on a quest into several different Japanese locations to find the samurai who smells of sunflowers. 
constantly mm. referenced, but he's always like shrouded in mystery. Little do the three realize that where the fate will take them is through situations of sex, violence, drugs, and rock and roll. Yep. And uh, once again, parental vi- uh, guidance recommended. I believe this is MA um, mm. due to some of the mature content discussed in it. We try to we try to be family friendly, but some mm. of this stuff is just like, yeah, gotta see it. <laughs> this is another show that's by the makers of Cowboy Bebop, but not the same studio. You can kind of see it in the character design mm-hmm. as well. You really can. And look, it's an anime that knows where it's going. It knows its destination and it likes to vary its pace to keep those things interesting. It's and it's very much kind of like a road movie kind of a yeah. thing. It's like there is the destination, but it is the journey that is like the, you know, this is the meat. This is what you want. Exactly. There's yeah. a whole lots of like weird people and crazy uh, just mutant wonderness along the way. I, I need to oil my chair. It's just squeak, squeak land forever here. Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> squeak, squeak, squeak. Oh, um, <laughs> now I hear it. Yeah. Um, you can catch this on Anime Lab in Australia and New Zealand, um, Hulu or Amazon Prime in the US. Mm-hmm. In the UK, it's on Funimation and France has it on Netflix and it has a dub. Oh, for, wicked. For those in French. So please enjoy. Um, now... This, we have been going from older to newer, um, as you might have guessed. That mm-hmm. was 2004. Heading to 2006 is The Melancholy of Harui Suzumiya. This is another one which has sort of like a legendary status in anime. It is. And this is by Kyoto Animation, so you know it's going to be good. Oh, yes. Um, 28 episodes, one film. Then you also have The Disappearance of Nagato Yuki, which is a side story which follows on from the film. Mm-hmm. And that's got another 26 episodes and a film. And I believe there is also um, a couple of manga series of what would happen if everyone was completely normal and yep. all the weirdness didn't happen. Yep, because yep, people is. just liked all the characters in this show They're so gosh darn much. So look, on the first day of high school, a girl named Harui Suzumiya introduces herself as having no interest in ordinary humans, asking for any aliens, time travellers, sliders or espers to join her. Watching her weird behaviour is Kion, the boy who sits in front of Harui and is the only person who talks to her in the class. Commenting on Harui's joining every club in the school and then quitting it, Kion accidentally gives her an idea to start her own school club. Kion and several others find themselves literally dragged into the Save Our World by overloading it with Thun, Suzumiya Harui's brigade, the SOS brigade for <laughs> short. Insanity ensues. Yeah, you can kind of get an idea for what Haruhi's character is just from uh, the name of that club. Yeah. And uh, this feels like it's going to be kind of like a crazy, but very kind of grounded slice of life thing because it's following with a uh, very, very um, normal, everyday kind of a bloke who is narrating the events as they Mm. go. And then the weirdness happens. Now, firstly, and this is a bit spoilery, so jump ahead about, let's say, 30 seconds if you don't want to hear it. Imagine the world's existence is controlled by an individual who doesn't realise they are in fact a god. This is essentially the premise of the show that is underlying the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And this is also part of the reason that the episode order is unusual. Yeah, that's uh, that is one of the things that actually turned off some people mm. is that a lot of the episodes were completely out of order on purpose, apparently as yes, well. I heard people who were like referencing uh, the latest Witcher series by saying "Code Suzumiya." <laughs> <laughs> it's like the episodes are out of order. Code Suzumiya. Code well, Suzumiya. The Witcher was at least in sequential order for his character. Kind of, yes. But um, th- this is not. Um, and look, if you are one of those people who get frustrated by it, there is a guide online to be able to watch the Melancholy of Harui Suzumiya in the order which is deemed chronological, 
so you can learn about it. And there's something we need to mention. The first episode of this series is actually the film they make as being part of the club. <laughs> so start at episode two, and when you finish the first season, go back and watch episode one. Because that will explain everything that way. See, this is great for when you're in isolation because not only are you getting some entertainment, but you're getting a brain teaser and a bit of a puzzle box as mm-hmm. you go along with this. And at the end of every episode, Kion and uh, Harui are arguing over what the number of the next episode is. <laughs> and the, the irony is Harui's number is right. <laughs> Kion has the... Wait, no, what? Yep. Oh, so Kion has... I thought, no. Kion what? has the correct airing order. She has the correct order you should watch them in. Yep. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm a little angry. Um, do need to mention season two's Endless Eight. It's a bit unusual. Um, essentially, the characters are caught in a time loop, but they don't realise it, and each episode is a repeat, and they need to learn they are in the loop again and try to end it. Kind of a Groundhog Day yeah, thing, right? Yeah, it can get very repetitive, but what you can do is watch episode one and two of it, and then just watch the last episode, and you won't have missed anything. Wow. So, there you go. That's, wow, that's... um. So you can drop five episodes there. Well, watch them if you want. Watch them if you want, but um, you, you do like the. I think the the joy of it was sitting there and picking up on the things that had changed. Um, so playing a bit of Where's Wally, the yeah, time traveler edition. Exactly, but um, you can catch it on Anime Lab if you're in Australia, New Zealand, Funimation in the US, in the UK also on Funimation, and in France you can catch it on ADN, mm-hmm. which is Anime Digital Network, and uh, they have got some serious chops. That to be honest, like if I had to pick one. Um, streaming service in France to to subscribe to ADM would be it. They have Ooh. so much more than every other service over there. It's that's, it's pretty impressive. Well, that's an endorsement. I reckon you got to take point on this one because as Shamurai Champloo was the one that I kind of introduced you to, you introduced me to this. Yes, um, this is K-On. Um, now we did mention K-On a couple of episodes back K-On. as part of our um, musical. Yeah, the, was it the musical one or was that's it the Kyoto that was the animation mu- one? Um, no, this was the musical this one. This was musical one. Um, so. K-On is about the light music club at um, an all-girls... Well, not an all-girls school, but a, there's, it's all girls in it. I wouldn't call it light music. <laughs> well, it is light, just... Uh, yeah. Light um, rock. It aired in 2009. Um, it got 40 episodes, 18 specials, one film and one live concert using the actual voice actors performing as their characters. So cool. Yeah. So um, Hirasawa Yui is a young, carefree girl entering high school, and she has her imagination captured when she sees a poster advertising the Light Music Club. She quickly signs up for the club, but Yui has a problem. She can't actually play any instruments. <laughs> <laughs> when she goes to the club room to explain, she's greeted by the other members, Ritsu, Mio, and Sumugi. And the trio try to convince her to stay in the club to prevent it from getting disbanded. Classic trope right there. After they play Yui a short piece, they succeed in keeping their new member and now guitarist. Wow, that's uh, that was a quick promotion. Yeah. I know how that's like. Yeah, yeah. Along with school and homework, Yui begins to learn the guitar with the help of the other members, experiencing many mishaps along the way. But with the school festival drawing near, will the Light Music Club be ready in time for their big debut? Mm. Yes. <laughs> and it'll be glorious. Uh, it's... um. It actually puts me in mind of another one, Hibiki Euphonium. Yeah. That one was a bit more um, I, emotional. I love Hibiki Euphonium, but it is also like, because we've got a few friends, um, uh, myself and Coco, who have been in big brass bands and stuff. Coco played trombone once. Oh, wow. Um, so she she w- was watching it and going, this is totally what it was like to be in the big band. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like, this is like, you could practically see these two uh, things happening at the same school. Mm. Same same company, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is exactly. actually. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's... um. 
yeah, Kaon is you could describe it in one word. It's wholesome. Yeah. It, it is really just is. it's so pleasant. It's happy. It is. You, you, there's no overly complicated drama. The drama is what you would expect of kids of that age, you know? And like I'm upset at you because you took something or, you know, weren't nice to me. Yep, fair enough. As opposed to, you know, I'm upset because you tried to destroy the world while my back was turned. <laughs> but don't worry, I'm the good guy now. And I've got this banana here, and when I eat it, I'll go all Popeye on you, but yellow. <laughs> was, that, was that Dragon Ball, or...? I don't know, it didn't work for Yamcha. So, <laughs> um, look, th- this is wholesome, <laughs> inspirational, and just all-around good fun, and the series is one of my all-time favourites. Mm-hmm. I-, I actually have the mangas, um, and this covers the manga all the way up until they leave school. It was actually mm. a four-coma, the four-panel manga, gag manga, and they made it into this beautiful story. No way. Which says, you know, above and beyond how good Kyoto Animation are. So, uh, um, it always hits the right spot, but it has... it. If you have ever played in a band or been involved in music at school, you will recognize this. You or even if this. you've only ever been sort of curious about it, I feel like yeah. this could be something very inspirational for you. Oh, absolutely. Um, but look, you can catch it on Anime Lab in Australia New Zealand, and in the US it's on Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon. Um, I couldn't find anywhere in the UK. Um, the licensing agreement they had over there expired end of last year for the prior uh, rights holder, and they've since been absorbed by another group. Uh. And in France, similar situation. ADN did have it until early 2018, but we it's meant to be going to Wackenham. Wackenham. But Wackenham then has been bought by Funimation, uh, so that's all up in the air as well. So Yeah, it'll, it'll take some time, but we'll, uh, we'll uh, let you guys know. Uh, I'm sure there'll be somewhere you can find it online to purchase it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Next up, Amaki Brilliant Park. And it is a brilliant place. And uh, with some familiar features as well, mm. you could say. Yeah. Um, so we start the story with Sayakani. A smart and extremely narcissistic high school student. That he is. He believes that the beautiful Izio Seto has invited him on a date to Amagi Brilliant Park, an amusement park in the Tokyo suburbs. But not only is the location run down, kind of decrepit, ancient, mm. the date is a complete farce. It's a, it's a recruitment tour where Sento and the park's owner ask him to become the park's manager. He's a, he's a high school student, by the way. They're just yep. they're asking him to become... Well, I mean, as is Sento and most of the people in this, because Japan animation means everyone's a high schooler. Yep. Yes, it's, yeah. um, hmm. it's a thing. Uh, Amagi has less than three months to meet a quota of 500,000 guests, or the park will be closed forever. But Amagi is no ordinary amusement park. This is not your usual slice-of-life nonsense. Many of its employees are maple landers, mysterious magical beings who live in the human world and are nourished by the energy created by people having fun. Seiya must use his many skills to bring Amagi back on its feet or watch it crumble before his very eyes. And this is a series which, ever since I saw it, it's always stuck in my memory. Yeah, it's... um. Ah, it's, it's, just, it's unique. It's, it's unique and memorable. Not only that, it references other animes. It like, really does. So much so that one of the uh, like chief side characters is from another anime. Yeah. From a mecha anime. Yeah. Um, um, if, if you've ever seen Full Metal Panic... Um, it's a character called a Bontacoon. Which is from the second season. Which of- is uh, Full Metal Panic Fumofu, which is kind of like a comedy slice of life. Yeah, thing. which everyone thought was very strange but loved. Uh, yes, it, 
I mean, that was my introduction to that series, but we'll get into that one mm. later, I figure. But it's, once again, slapstick comedy, artfully mixed with drama, and each episode presents a new and amusing challenge for the team to combat. Well, it's kind of like, uh, well, they're running an amusement park, yeah. so they've got a new ride to deal with or a new event that they're planning. If you, anyone ever played sort of like the old-school rollercoaster tycoon games, you might feel a little at home. I, I was going to say, uh, an incredibly memorable story which will make you wish it wasn't over and make you buy Theme Park Tycoon. Oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> Hit up Steam. Hit, do it. Do it now. This um, program is sponsored by steam we wish steam version <laughs> now um this does have parental guidance due to some mild adult themes and language pg sorry pg 13 yeah um but it is it's very wholesome yeah like you know it's th there's some silliness there and there are some characters with questionable i guess you could say behaviors tastes agendas tastes, yeah yeah but it is also just so much fun, and by the end of it, you just feel uplifted and happy. It's it's really good. Mm -hmm. um, if you're in Australia, Anime Lab, same with New Zealand. Uh, the US, Hulu and Amazon are your friends, and the UK and France both have it on Amazon Yay! Prime as well. Um, depending on um, which one of those you're in, it will either be on Prime or it'll be on Prime Purchase, so you can you know buy the series outright um, through the digital platform. Um Love Chunibyo and Other Delusions. And uh, th this is a, an anime that ran in 2012. And this one was pretty big for you. It, this like, was you really liked this one. I, I still do. And mm -hmm. I can still highly recommend it to anyone. There's 24 episodes across two seasons. There are 32 specials, and they are short five-minute episodes. And all equally... It, you, might, you essentially got an entire extra season worth of episodes just in shorts. And there's two films. One of them is a recap and one of them is the continuation after the second season as almost a third season. Mm. So the, the idea behind, if you haven't heard of chunibyo, you're about to be enlightened because it's a Japanese term to describe a very specific behaviour that we see in teenagers. So Not only Japanese teenagers, I feel like this is a oh, worldwide deal. That they've had it everywhere. Italy actually did a um, research paper which came out about 12 months ago talking about a similar condition in students that it had in its regional suburbs. Do they have a specific name for it? Because it's called like eighth grade syndrome something like that yeah that's um, the japanese adolescent syndrome i think uh, it was dubbed um, so everyone has that stage in their life where they have thought of themselves to be special different from the masses of ordinary humans they might go as far as seeing themselves capable of wielding mystical powers or maybe even believe themselves to have descended from a fantasy realm this disease is known as chunibyo or mm -hmm. eighth grader syndrome and that's is often right. the source of many embarrassing moments in a person's life now, for Yuta Togashi, the scars that his Chunibyo has left behind are still quite fresh. Having posed as the Dark Flame Master <laughs> during his middle school years, he looks back at those times with extreme embarrassment, so much so that he decides to attend a high school far away where nobody will ever recognise him. <laughs> Putting his dark history behind him, he longs to live a normal high school life. Unfortunately, he has not escaped his past, Enter Rika Takanashi, Yuta's new classmate and self-declared vessel of the Wicked Eye, and also his neighbour. So, uh, going by the name, I'm taking it, she wears like one of those medical eye patches? Yes, she does. <laughs> and she also is Chunibyo. Um, this eccentric young girl crashes into Yuta's life and his dream of an ordinary Chunibyo-free life very quickly evaporates. In this hilarious and heartwarming story of a boy who just wants to leave his embarrassed memories behind, the delusions of old are far from a thing of the past. Mm, and it's a very cute relationship between it these is. two. It's like she is struggling to sort of get him to embrace his sort of like past. Mm. 
where he's kind of like trying to drag her into a future. Mm. But despite that, it's a very kind of a sincere love between yeah, them. Yeah, it really is. And it's not one of those um, series where it's will they, won't they the whole time. It's, mm. you know, there there is a progression of the characters, there is growth of characters, and there is evolution of the story. It doesn't just stay the same. And that's not even talking about the side characters because they're all hilariously mental as well. Yeah. Um, you've got, the, I just always remember there's the one girl who says her hobby is sleeping. And she comes to the club room and sleeps. I, th- I mean, I can't blame her. <laughs> Sleep is nice. It just reminds me of that meme where it says, so what are your hobbies? And the guy just points at the fridge, points at the TV, points at his bed. <laughs> this is this is good. <laughs> there, are, there are far more unhealthy hobbies. Yeah, is nice. th- this is one of those series where you'll be what, left wondering every episode, what on earth is going to happen next? And you are constantly surprised yeah. and then taken for a new ride. Strap but yourself in. So something to note, that first film, as I mentioned, is a recap of the first season, but instead of it being from everyone's views, it's just from Rika's point of view. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And the second film is a continuation story, essentially season three. And you can catch that on Anime Lab in Australia and New Zealand. In the US, it's on Hulu, Netflix, Crunchyroll, and High Dive. In the UK, it's on Netflix. And once again in France, it's on ADN. Smashing. Because it's a a digital animation network of sorts where you can get those things bubbling around. But I think it's about time we take a break. We'll be right back after this. Wi-Fi Radio. I think I watched that as a kid. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Back catalogue. Now... We're back in on the isolation anime watch list to give you what you should potentially watch if you've got some downtime and you want to watch some anime at home and you haven't seen any of these and you're stuck at home and need something to be a bit more cheerful. We're uplifting. just we're the friends in your ears telling us something that we like and we reckon you would like to, you know. Something that's not traumatizing, something that's not going to make you go, wow, Japan has no respect for insert thing here. Yeah, this is sort of like our get well soon present. Yeah, exactly. And this one, this one is very, very special now, to uh, uh, Coco. Yeah, I was going to say, Coco sent me a message and said, you better not be talking about Sakura Quest. Sorry, Coco, we are talking about Sakura Quest, what? but I can let you know that this is... Uh, anime series very close to her heart. Mm. This is something that she watched and just fell head over heels in love with, and I would say is probably in her top five of all time. I mean, okay, we've talked about uh, like the uh, trope of like, oh no, this school club is going to be closed down unless we get X member X thing. This feels like this taken to the nth degree because. Well, uh, it- the thing that makes Sakura Quest stand out is that there's nothing quite like it. Well, yeah, that's in, like, in I can only compare it to that in the loosest yeah. possible sense because, yeah, exactly as you said, there is nothing like this. So th- this is adult, as in like, not as in like R-rated or anything like that. Adult as in mature. This is about people who are university graduates mm-hmm. as opposed to children. This is a story about local society and culture and small towns and, you know, the things Japan is facing in its rural areas. Mm -hmm. So, the story. Tired of her sort of rural surroundings, recent college graduate Yoshino Koharu is desperate to lead a more exciting life in Tokyo. You know, be a city dweller kind uh, of thing. cosmopolitan person. Exactly. Not the drink. After a long, fruitless, soul-crushing job hunt, she finally receives a part-time job offer 
as Queen of the Bazaar, Kingdom of the Chupacabra. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rundown mini attraction in a tiny kind of agrarian town of Manoyama. Mm. Now, Yoshino discovers upon her arrival at Manoyama that she was mistaken for a celebrity and the job offer was a mistake. Yeah, the celebrity she's mistaken for is that that celebrity is um long gone. Lo- long gone. Long gone. Um left with no other options, Yoshino reluctantly agrees to take on the role and aid the board of tourism in their efforts to revitalize the town. Yes, uh she's determined to bring excitement to the dying town with the help of the local residents. She as queen enacts a series of projects and to highlight the beauty and charm of Manayama's culture. And it it really does. I want to go to Manayama now. Totally. The town's actually based on the town the studio's in. Mm-hmm. So that that's pretty cool. Uh, it makes sense because people go there and they're like, I'm going to go to that studio. Oh my God, this is where Sucker Request is based. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's This is as wholesome as a balanced diet full of charm, warmth, and compassion. It show hits all the right notes, all the cast, and particularly the main five girls who lead are matured, empowered, and believable. Not the usual, oh, this person has, you know, got two degrees to them and that's it. You yeah, know, that it, it it's feels about, like they've got very real reasons and motivations behind their They're dramas. well-rounded. They have ideas. They have personalities. And yeah, it's sort of like, so she becomes queen of this town, which is just sort of like in danger of vanishing so she is the club member she is like that one person who has to come in and fix it all up it's a that was my weird segue crafted <laughs> story um this kind of really fits in well with our modern world mm-hmm. it's not fantastical but it has that elative feel you get from watching a fantastical event mm-hmm. and you know it's criminally underrated in my opinion and honestly not enough people talk about it which is yes th- th- this is a great example of japan producing a series which is con- uh, connected and grounded in the real world which assesses how they treat their characters as directors so none of the usual ecky content which we see when it's predominantly a female cast yeah it focuses on treating them like real people with respect and because of that i love this series and it really tells you about sort of like some elements of japanese culture which you probably never would have even looked into. Mm. Like, um, oh, I remember there's just the one episode of them looking at sort of like a wood carving kind of a art oh, style. Yeah. And it's like them trying to sort of like, okay, how can we advertise this to the world? How can we say, mm. come to Manayama, see this beautiful, unique style that nobody else does? It, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can check these out on... You can check these out on, in fact, uh, Anime Lab in Australia and New Zealand, Funimation if you're in the US... Funimation, if you're in the UK, indeed. And um, France, we haven't been able to find. Yeah, it's. Unfortunately. Um, mm. It's unclear. There might be a service I haven't been able to track down for it, but it is not on ADN, Wackenim, or Crunchyroll. Mm. So um, if there is a fourth in Japan, eh, not Japan, in France, I, I would love to know what that is. Please let us know in the comments if we have missed a um, streaming service which is popular in France. We just. Obviously, you know, there's only so much we can do without physically being there. And I asked a friend in France to research these for me. So. <laughs> She couldn't find it anywhere. Mm. Now, this next one is uh, one that we actually haven't talked about. No, we've we've never talked about this one in the past. This one, this one is very, very new. This one's very, very. It's Konosuba. Of course, it's Konosuba. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, yeah. I think we've talked about this at length, but we're going to talk about it some more. (laughs) 
<laughs> Who the devil was that? We need more, bu- we need more buttons with more, more buttons. Sound. So, um, Connoisseur Bar, um, we'll, we'll, we'll be a bit quick over this one because I'm pretty sure you know what the go is. 2016 it came out. There are 20 episodes in two seasons, two specials, one film, one of which the film is landing on Crunchyroll in the next month. Um, after dying a laughable and pathetic death on his way back from buying a game, high school student and recluse Kazuma Sato finds himself sitting before a beautiful but obnoxious goddess named named Aqua. She provides him with two options, continue on to heaven or reincarnate in every gamer's dream, a real-life fantasy world. Choosing to start a new life, Kazuma is quickly tasked with defeating a demon king who is terrorizing villagers, but before he goes, he can choose any one item of any kind to aid him in his quest, and the future hero selects Aqua herself, much to her <laughs> chagrin. But Kazuma has made a grave mistake, because Aqua is completely useless. And so, the misadventures begin. Yeah, it's... um. There, are, there is no kind of good guy in this no. show. Like, I remember seeing an article somewhere, I forget where, which sort of, like, talked about what the sort of Dungeons & Dragons alignment of each of the characters are, and, like, only one person can be called good, and only barely. Yeah, and it's... Uh, actually, there's only two people that can be called good. Really? Would you say Megamin, though? No. It's no. none of the main cast. Oh, oh, yeah, that's what I mean. It's the lady who runs the guild and the guy who always appears in the guild. Oh, also Wiz later on as well. Wiz technically can't be because of her connections to a certain yeah, thing. Yeah. But uh, the guy who you see in the first scene when he enters, Welcome to the gates of hell! Yes, it's like he's this big buff barbarian adventurer guy. It turns out he's a tailor. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. Um, as usual, uh, Konosuba is available. Um, it's Anime Lab in Australia, Crunchyroll everywhere else in the world. Thank you, delicious streaming service. Mm. Um, it is, once again, MA15, and Season 2's English dub has just landed yes. as well. So that, that's a nice, quick and easy way for you to get stuck in. And as we mentioned earlier, the uh, film is coming to Crunchyroll very mm, soon. Very soon. Next one's actually one of Kenny's favourites. Mm-hmm. And uh, it deservedly won a few awards in our awards system last year as well. And it, it's, it's recent, but I feel like this is going to be a classic that's just going to go down in history of anime. And even better, season two starts next month. Yes! We are talking, of course, about Kaguya-sama, Love is War. My friends are just going to be so sick of me saying this, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, but it's it's so good. Yeah, it's, it, this isn't a case of it just being, oh, you know, it's, it's just funny. It's... This is a beautifully written show, mm-hmm. and the character interactions are wholesome and hilarious in such a strange way. Oh, it's they are these two characters are exceptionally brilliant. They are the smartest of the smart, and because of that, they're so dumb. They are so dumb. <laughs> they uh, they think everything is like so meticulous and very very death note in their planning and scheming. But just one little thing can make their house of cards tumble. And that one little thing is normally Chica. Oh, yeah, pretty much. One of the side characters who's there just to almost be the foil to their rapiers. Story time, though. Mm. I mean, it was recent, so you practically don't need it. But I'm going to tell it anyway. At the renowned Suchin Academy, Miyuki Shiragane and Kaguya Shinomoya are the students' body's top representatives. Ranked the top students in the nation and respected by peers and mentors alike, Miyuki serves as the student council president. Alongside him, the vice president Kaguya, eldest daughter of the excessively wealthy Shinomuya family, excels in every field imaginable. They are the envy of the entire student body, regarded as the perfect couple. The power couple. Oh, just, yes, they are amazing. But... 
Despite both having already developed feelings for one another, neither are willing to admit it to either of them. Mm. The first to confess loses. This is sort of like their philosophy. The first one who confesses yeah. is showing weakness. weakness. And they will be looked down upon and they will be forever considered the lesser in the relationship. And neither one can have that. They have their honor and pride at stake. Miyuki and Kaguya are both just equally determined to be the one to emerge victorious on the battlefield of life. They want to make the other one say, I love you. Now, you might be wondering what's to like about this. It's slapstick comedy. It is outwitting each other stupidly. And every episode plays out as a series of matches which are narrated by the commentator. Yeah, it's like at the end of every episode, it's like, the result of today, one of them wins, but they don't actually win. Neither of them has actually got the other one to admit anything, admit love or accept mm. feelings. It's, it's uh, gloriously well done. And, and, and not to mention the opening theme. Uh, wow. Like if, if you um, haven't seen the opening theme to Kaguya Summer and the, the way they've done it, you need to have a look. It is similar to a Bond movie opening. Oh, it's like something from like the great classics, like mm. uh, Doctor No, Goldfinger, Diamonds Are Forever. Like, yeah, it stands out as something like that. And in the soundtrack as well, you you cannot not groove to this song. You can't. You really can't. Well, you can catch this on Anime Lab and Crunchyroll in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, Funimation, Hulu, and Crunchyroll in the US. UK is Crunchyroll, and France, you've got good old Wackadam. Uh, season two starts this April, and all of those services should be streaming it. So. And they had a live movie not too long ago. They did too. Do we uh, hear how that turned out? No, we should have to find out when we get a uh, Western release. We'll do a mm. review, because why not? Splendid. Now, this one is was a golden egg. This one was special. Th th this, this left people talking, and... When they announced it was getting a sequel um, at the one of the conventions at the end of last year, the people lost at, at the convention lost their collective minds. Mm. This is Megalobox. It, this one, you could say. I mean, you, it's not that you could say. It's this is a sports anime. It is, and those are generally kind of um, the well, plot is they're hit and miss, aren't they? Yeah, the plot is kind of generally the same. It's like they want to go to the national level. They want to compete on the world stage against the hardest and the toughest at whatever the sport is. This is a different take on it. This is boxing, but not as you know yeah. it. So this is an utter gem. It's raw, but it's unpolished. It's designed to give you all those great feels that you had from the 80s. And it's tied to a Shita no Joe manga. So mm -hmm. Shita no Joe is a uh, manga which started in oh, the 60s, and it's a boxing manga. Um, this takes that formula and evolves it. Um, to, and this was made to celebrate its 50th anniversary. Mm -hmm. So Junk Dog is a underground megalo boxer. That's a very fighter. unique name. Yes. He's an, it's an evolution of boxing using mechanical limbs to enhance the speed and power of the user. Despite the young man's brimming potential, the illegal nature of his fights force him to make a living by throwing matches as dictated by his boss, Gansaka Nanbu. But all this changes when the Megalobox champion, Yuri, enters his shabby ring under the guise of just being another challenger. Taken out in a single round, Junk Dog is left with a challenge. If you're serious about fighting me again, fight your way up to me and my ring. So, filled with excitement and backed by the criminal syndicate responsible for his throw-in matches, Junk Dog enters Megalonia, a world-spanning tournament that will decide the strongest megaloboxer of them all. Having no legal name because he was not born in one of the citizenship areas, mm -hmm. he takes on the moniker of Joe. 
gearless Joe as he begins to climb from the very bottom of the ranked list of fighters. With only three months to qualify, Joe must face off against only the most powerful opponents to quickly rise up the ranks and meet the challenge of his rival. There's something so shonen about yeah, this. It is. Like um, any other show, it's like all these different competitors have like different kind of superpowers and different kind of gimmicks. These ones just have crazy performance enhancing technology and mm. it's just like, whoa. And the movement is so incredibly fluid. Oh. It's it's beautiful. Th this was actually quite hard to get hold of for quite some time. Um, and now it is a lot more widely available. It's available in all the areas we've been talking about today. Um, but one of the things about this is that all the characters are beautifully written. Like even the bad guys, like they're, they're so well defined. You know who they are. Yes, yeah, not just like they just rolled out of bed and say, "I'm going to beat someone up and be evil today." Exactly. Like um, one of them's a war veteran who like lost yeah. a limb and he's fighting for like honor and the money to sort of like live a normal life. And it's just like it's heartbreaking it stuff. Is, it is. But this has got logical storylines as well. That's something mm. I like. It's none of this super fantastical, over-the-top, oh, it's overpowered or anything. It's, it takes that technology, but it grounds it in reality mm. so that it doesn't feel over-the-top. No, no character feels overpowered. They all feel equally powerful. If you're kind of like a fan of the uh, cyberpunk genre, mm. this is something for you. Yeah, this will definitely scratch that itch. And if you're interested in boxing, to be honest, if you're not normally into sports animes... This is one you'd actually like. Yeah, it's 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 a lot more drama and personal interaction based. The the fights serve as the narrative drive to push you on to the next part of the story. But what happens in between is character development and people evolving as people. And it had such a defining conclusion. Yeah. So that when a second series was announced, I was just like, but how? I mean, no, not not really even how, but it's just like it was so wrapped up. It was like a perfect present wrapped up with a perfect bow. Mm. How do you top this? Continue the story a decade later is the only thought I've got. We As... don't know anything about the uh, the second season yet either, just for the record, guys. Um, it is in development. We know that. We've seen a very brief trailer which just shows Junk Dog with a beard. Mm. That's it. <laughs> it's just like, is he old? Well, you know. Oof. And now you can catch this. And you should. You really should. On Anime Lab and Crunchyroll, if you're in Australia and New Zealand. Crunchyroll in US and UK. Uh, Crunchyroll and Netflix in France. Sorry, no. A-N-D. Oh, sorry. A-N-D. -A uh, anime. Uh, A-D-N? I misread that. My paper is upside down. ADN. Oh. <laughs> yes, a ADN in France, as mm -hmm. long as as well as Netflix. I was surprised to see it up on the Netflix. I believe it's also on Netflix in Italy as well. Mm -hmm. um, Italy, surprisingly, despite having such a huge audience of um, anime fans like France, doesn't have Wakanim or any similar streaming services. They do have Crunchyroll, but it's it's got a very limited list that as well. That is a crime against humanity. It really is. Germany has more, so oh. go figure. Um, not not to say that Germany isn't into it as much, but during the period where both France and Italy got really into animation, Germany wasn't struggling as much financially. I mean, the prior mentioned Lupin the Third came out first in Italy, didn't it? Well, it's um, been released, so parts four and five actually premiere and air in Italy before Japan. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, they air several months ahead, almost an entire season ahead. So it's really quite impressive, the, the connection that it has. Now, the last few that are on this list have pretty 
you, you probably know of them quite well because we talk about them quite frequently. And yeah. they're, 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 well, two of them are and uh, one of them not so much. And then we've got the ones from Netflix that you can check out. So firstly, we'll quickly go through. There's My Hero Academia. That was from 2016 and it's still airing. 88 episodes, three specials, two films, one which just came out at the moment, which unfortunately we couldn't get to at the cinemas here because of the close down. We were meant to do an episode last week, but yeah, couldn't get there. Um, this is essentially about a world filled with people with quirks. 80% of the population has them and there's being a hero is an actual profession. Yeah, this came out during like basically the head of the superhero genre mm. when Marvel films were like at their like you know big height. Now, our main character Izuki Midoriya, he was unlucky enough to be born completely without a quirk, but that's not going to stop him from becoming the best hero in the world. And this is his story of becoming the greatest hero. There's a lot of, uh, I mean, this is sort of like the shonen. Thing. I was going to say this is shonen to the max. I mean, uh, that's Black Clover, that's Naruto, that's a whole mm. lot of things there. That's <laughs> Except that this doesn't have filler. Exactly. Th 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 this is one of the things that I'm liking about the way shonen manga are being approached these days. Unlike the older style ones like Naruto and Black Clover and One Piece, where they just feel like they have to put an episode out every week, mm. um, even if there's no manga for them to go off. Um, this just waits until it has the right amount of content and then develops it. And you get a better experience because the story is streamlined, accurate, and respects the um, source material very well. Yeah. And I mean, we, we've seen that recently with um, Fire Force. We've seen it with Dr. Stone. It re it respects the material that it's based off and does a, a much better job than what we've seen with these longer ones. Don't be wrong. I love me some Naruto. I love Naruto Shippuden. Um, haven't got around to watching Boruto yet. But it's okay. It's you pretty still good. have, you get through like season eight of Shippuden, you get to the end of it and then it's all filler mm. for a whole season. Or you look at the original Naruto, there's only actually three seasons worth of content. I wouldn't say that's um, like a slight against like the um, mm. producers like disrespecting the material. Oh, no, I think that's just not. sort of like their love for their fans. It's like, we want to give you more. We want to mm. give you like some of the stuff that we can show you and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just, I, I know a lot of people get quite upset because they want to hear the story continue. Yeah. And especially when you've got that many hundred of episodes, it's it can be quite intimidating to people to watch it. And especially if they get to the point and they go, that's it. And mm. they've you know, watched two seasons of filler and wondering if the story's going to come back. So I, I can understand it from that point of view as well. Um, My Hero Academia, you can find on Anime Lab and Crunchyroll in Australia and New Zealand. Um, in the US and UK, it's on Crunchyroll and Funimation. And in the US, it's also on Hulu. And in France, ADN as it once again. Man, ADN is great. ADN is great. Um, which brings us to Coco's favourite anime of all time. Uh, we've all got this on in our top yeah, ten. Yeah, this also. is in our top tens. <laughs> um, this is Eurocamp or Laid Back Camp. This is the most intense anime you'll ever watch. The stakes are high. Yes. They're not. They're not. I lied. The, the, the stakes are as low as they could possibly be. To be honest, they're probably in the freezer. The, the stakes have not <laughs> been cooked. <laughs> um, you Camp Laidback Camp. It were, came out in 2018. We've currently had Heya Camp, which is Room Camp, <laughs> um, the short-form uh, anime version of it, uh, air this season. So you've got 12 short-form episodes, three specials, 12 main-length episodes, and another full-length episode coming in the coming months. And it looks like live action yeah yeah there's maybe a live action a live action is in the works mm -hmm. a film is in the works and another full-length season is in the works how, how do you do a film like how do you do a film of this films have sort of like plot well, conflict stuff like that if this is just gonna be one long well, episode they're it's not just gonna, gonna be... be following the um three-act <laughs> structure that's for sure unless the three acts are one deciding where to two 
to go, two, going there, and three, setting up and camping. Or like packing up after and... Or packing uh, up after, yeah, exactly. Because the whole thing about this thing is, this is what it's about. It's about four girls going camping... In winter. And that's nice. And that's it. That's it. And it's nice and nothing bad ever happens. Mm. You know, so it's it's a great show and it's immensely relaxing. It's something that you put on and you watch and you literally sink into your couch and go, Ugh. Yeah, uh, I compared it to uh, Bob Ross. You can you can yeah. catch him on Netflix. And uh, he's like, for people who don't know who this living meme and living legend is, he's just like the most pleasant human being you've ever seen who paints like these gorgeous landscape mm. pictures. And in 28 minutes later, you wake up going, what just happened? Oh, look, he painted a little tree. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you watch it, you zone out in comfort, you are warm, you are safe in this anime, mm. and you learn a thing or two. It teaches you, really you how it. to cook while camping or how to you know set up things or how not to tie logs together because they'll split and so on i, I mm. love the narrator in this like oh, his yeah. deep voice it's like you've got these like adorable little girls like going camping and being nice and stuff and then suddenly this is a pine cone it will make for an ideal fire starter exactly it's like great where's that voice coming from um I've got listed under what's to like, it's what's not to like, it's camping and very adorable and wholesome conversations. It's not like, um, what was that one with all the schoolgirls years ago, a lucky start? It's mm. not like that oh, where it will oh. melt your brain. It is... I couldn't watch past two episodes th of that. Th th this is the equivalent of, uh, you know, slow TV, the idea of watching like a train go across like a f very long distance for like eight hours. Yeah, I if actually watched one of those one time, had it on in the background. It was yeah. like... Very nice. It's the equivalent of that, but with plot. And with some educational material. And some educational material. Like, I am not an outdoorsy person. I mm. was, I like, the idea of camping, I went well, we, exactly we, twice in my life. I now wish to buy a lot of camping equipment. I was going to say the three of us, um, Coco included, even though she's not here, um, did go camping um, very well. She she stayed the night. We had to come back because we had work the next morning. Yeah. But um, uh, we went out to go to a camping site um, uh, east of Perth, and we mm. just had a great uh, great day there and relaxed it's and everything. Just great, nice big lake out in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Magical place. Mad <laughs> it's a magical place, just like Tahiti. <laughs> <laughs> but look, Yuru Camp, laid back camp. You can catch on Crunchyroll everywhere. So nice and easy. Don't have to jump through hoops on that one. Go to Crunchyroll, watch the thing. Yes. Um, very quickly, Wasteful Days of High School Go Girls. It's a gag comedy series from last season. It is fast-paced comedy with reference after reference. It has such a high rewatch value because of the amount of things going on in every scene and you keep spotting more and more time things every time you rewatch it. Yeah, we added this to the, to the uh, list, to the isolation list because, you know, it's easy to rewatch. It the comedy really is. is just, it's kind of off the chain kind of comedy. It's essentially, it focuses on a class of girls at an all girls school. Mm. Um, the main character, who has been given the nickname Bucker, as in idiot, by her friends <laughs> after she named them all stupid things. Yeah, her, her nickname before being idiot, just as a point of reference, was side character. Yes. Um, <laughs> they referred to her as such. <laughs> um, she's like, I don't like being called idiot. Okay, how about we call you side character? No, I think that's worse. Comic com com <laughs> idiot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she runs into two of her old friends, surprised to learn that uh, they're all in the same class. 
Um, she, you've got the deadpan and emotionless um, Shiori Sagimio, who they uh, call Robo because she's sort of robotic, and Wota, um, who is the anime drawing girl. And to be honest, the m- most normal out the three of them. <laughs> and it, even then, we've still got some questions on uh, how normal she can be. The, well, those eyes, man. Yes, so... she has the eyes of uh, Yaoi perception. Yeah. Um... She will read a uh, manga and just go, okay, <laughs> who is the Yaoi relationship? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now... Baka discovers the obvious realisation that she cannot achieve her high school dream of being popular with boys and getting a boyfriend because they're at an all-girls school. (laughs) So in desperation, she begins asking the girls from her class to introduce her to her guy friends. All of them say no, um, and her classmates are anything but ordinary. And it is an ensemble cast. Every character is good. And this is one of those shows where they've got tons of great voice actors i'm pretty sure there's um rio na is in there uh Rie takahashi is in there because I mean, she can never in, stop she working she can never stop working even um, when she takes MAO's a, in there as well even when Rei takahashi takes a break it's to do a podcast it is hey <laughs> um but look all of these things are just uh crazy gag after gag after gag and you'll start especially um the opening and closing themes which are both excellent in the Mm -hmm. closing scene in particular you'll start spotting everything that's occurred in the series in that closing scene if anything random happens in the show it features in the background in some way and with this knowledge in mind if you watch the first episode and then just watch the ending scene pass by you're just like what okay, on what, earth happens? What happens there? <laughs> what is this? Whose is that goat? What is any of this? So at this stage, it's only available on High Dive. Um, and t- from what I've been able to find in Australia, New Zealand, US and UK are the only markets currently you can get it in. I do know it got a physical release in France. So that'd be mm. your best bet there to trace it down if you can through Amazon. Um, but that brings us to the two Netflix exclusives. Technically three, but we'll, we'll explain the third in a minute. Mm-hmm. Firstly, Carol and Tuesday. This musical masterpiece. Wow. wow. Um, Carol and Tuesday is by the guy who created um, Cowboy Bebop. And this was done as the 50th anniversary for Studio Bones and the... Was it 50th or 20th? Or 50th, yes. 50th. And then it's the 20th anniversary for their record label as well. So mm-hmm. they got the musicians in and they did this whole musical story set on Mars. And, oh, the soundtrack for this it's is just wonderful. Incredible. But um, That's the thing. It says, you say it's set on Mars, but... Mars isn't the feature. Yeah, it's, um, that's sort of like, that's not even the setting. This wouldn't be out of place on Earth, the it way wouldn't. things are. It's the technology, the way it's sort of like futuristic. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like... This is sort of just like 10 years ahead of us in technology by the looks of things. Yeah, but things... it's been 50 years since mankind, mankind began to migrate to the terraformed Mars. That's right. So that, that's the challenge. So look, essentially, um, Carol lives there and works part-time by day and busking with her keyboard at night. And Tuesday is a girl who's run away from her rich family um, to pursue music with her acoustic guitar. Together, and... they fight crime. <laughs> no, <laughs> kidding. Together, they uh, have a chance encounter and decide to perform with each other. And they're up against the AI singers who now dominate the landscape of popular music yes it's our uh, music is all produced by um artificial intelligence artifi- yeah like yeah, it's... they have like this decoded what it is to make a good sa- good sounding catchy song yeah and well, i so, think they already know that as well and I so think. kind of like culture is sort of stagnated art yeah. is sort of like yeah but look amazing soundtrack um 
honestly cannot recommend it enough. Um, if you want to know what it sounds like, you can just ask uh, Spotify for the playlist as well. It's all on there too. So definitely worth looking and checking out on Netflix. Uh, yeah, word of caution with uh, one of the songs that's, later that's on the series. On it's not? No. Okay, but it's in the series as well. Coarse Somewhere. language at some point. At some point, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's pretty it's funny. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, my favourite from last year, Beastars. What a, just an amazing show. Um, it's a society of anthropomorphic animals and there's an uneasy tension existing between carnivores and herbivores at the Cherryton Academy. Hmm. And uh, we'll leave it there with that because there is so much going on. Um, it's, it is Zootopia. It's like it's a, a dark, it's gritty, incredibly dramatic Zootopia. Zootopia where um, it's sort of like they're all sort of like modern and civilized animals, but they still have their animal nature, which is inherent in whatever species they are. Mm. It, it's a great show. Um, if you haven't seen it, check it out. You can literally just go straight on Netflix and watch the preview trailer. You'll understand it. But a focus on Lugosi. He is a grey wolf and um, he kind of falls in love with a rabbit. Yeah. It's really adorable. He's this sort of like uh, silent, nervous, kind of a morose and sad kind of an individual. He's the type of guy you go, I wish you weren't so awkward, but too. Yeah, it's, it's, he's the kind of guy you want to hug. He is. Um, but it's it's 3D animated and it's well done. You, The mm. very first scene of the show seems like... Like the 3D's a bit off. Um, it's been done that way on purpose. The rest of the show isn't like that because mm-hmm. that seems like it's a bit laggy and doesn't have weight to the movements. Everything after does. It was done on purpose to show the strangeness of this flashback. So definitely check it out. Fair enough. Now, one last big list part we have to mention. <laughs> the, the, this is this is big. So if you are outside of the US and Canada. You need to go to Netflix for this. If you are inside the US and Canada, HBO Max is your friend. Because the entire Ghibli collection basically mm-hmm. has landed yes. on Netflix and HBO Max. We have got an, the final eight, I think it is, mm-hmm. coming on April 1st. So just around the corner. But for now, you have Castle in the Sky, My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service. Only yesterday, Porco Rosso, one of my favorites, which mm-hmm. I watched the other night. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Ocean Waves. Tales from Earthsea. Then you've got Norsecure of the Valley of the Wind, which technically is not a Studio Ghibli, but it is a Miyazaki film. It it's, predates Studio Ghibli. It's a tribute. It yeah. is. Um, Princess Mononoke, The Neighbors, The T- Yamados, Spirited Away, The Cat Returns, Arietti, The Tale of the Princess Kaguya. Mm-hmm. Not related to Kaguya, some of them. So now that would be a crossover. But we do have eight more coming April 1st, and that starts with Pompoko, which... Uh, if, if my memory serves me right, uh, right uh, there is a parental guidance recommended for that one. Um, <laughs> Whisper of the Heart, which is beautiful. Howl's Moving Castle, Ponyo, From Up on Poppy Hill, The Wind Rises, and When Marnie Was There. A lot of the uh, later series ones, a lot of like the uh, big kind of Hollywoodish ones. Mm. They, they've, they've been amazing, and I... I honestly can't recommend you checking them out enough. They're mm. just so good. I still need to sit you down and make you watch on Poppy Hill. There is something just haunting about that because that is more grounded in reality and in a kind of like a 1950s or 60s version of Tokyo. Mm, it really is. And you can just tell that Miyazaki has drawn a lot of this from memory. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's a beautiful one. But we will have to leave it there because that is all 
of the isolation list completed and done. And Listen back, pick your favourites, just mm. pick and one. If you are on YouTube, remember to have a look at because we've got all the graphics and details up on the screen for you to have a look at. Um, we will talk about the uh, season in review next episode as part of our preview for next episode because we figured it was more important to give you something good to watch right now, something that you don't have to stress about and something that you can find that's going to make you feel comfortable and happy. Sit back, relax after you do a bit of searching and... Watch. Ah, that's better. It really is. Just the cicadas. Just drink it in. Do you ever suppose that before they knew it was cicadas, they just thought that the trees were screaming? Possibly. (laughs) (laughs) And on that bombshell. Kawaii Radio. And that's where we need to leave this episode of Quiet Fire Radio, but thank you so much for joining us once again. Next episode is a new anime season and a quick look back at the season just gone. Mm-hmm. We'll be bringing you all the details on the shows we think you should be checking out in the spring season and where you can watch them in a new, more chewable format. A bit more digestible yes. instead of a data dump. Smaller, bite-sized Snickers. Mm. Uh, if you want to find out what's looking like the big hitters, Make sure you hit the subscribe button and the little bell, squish that bell, to get the episodes straight to your chosen device. And don't forget to head over to our Instagram and Facebook pages. We share plenty of breaking anime news and videos too. Mm-hmm. We'd love to have you on there and hear from you as well. You've been listening to Kawaii Fire Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, watch, watch some anime! anime.